Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What happens when you put a career-focused woman with two kids trying to balance home and work life in a room with a microphone? Lots of laughter, tears, and great advice. Welcome to Two Kids and a Career. Joining me today uh, via phone, I have Tony Penick. She is a friend of mine that has... This awesome salon locally can be found in Winsville. It's called The Color Room, but it's this project that you have put your blood, your sweat, your tears behind. And in addition to owning your own business, Tony, you're a mom, you're a wife. There's something that happened recently on social media that made me say, oh, I got to get this girl on. First of all, let's talk about the salon. Let's talk about how you made that happen because there are plenty of women listening that want to make a dream happen and they're scared. I kind of was forced to have to open the color room because where I was previously working was sold and my vision was not in line at all with the um, new owner's vision. So I kind of had to say, you know what? I spent seven years of my life here and also poured my blood, sweat and tears into that and there was zero thankfulness for it. So I kind of said, you know what? I've been doing this for a long time. I've been in the industry my whole life. My mom is also a salon owner. So, you know, I kind of always knew I wanted to, but when you start looking at the numbers, it's really scary. And luckily I just was kind of naive to it. Money to me is not what drives me. It's changing the industry is what has caused me to have to do this. So you had to sacrifice a lot though, because... You are a mom and a wife and walk me through that, what it's like trying to juggle these two passions, actually three passions, really. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's really kind of crazy. I want to say like the organization is the most important key and not everybody has it. Um, I've had to learn how to become super organized and sit down and actually plan each day out. I like to start with my day with literally making a list of these are the things I have to do today. And I check them off as I'm going through them and getting them done. Because if not, your mind will become overwhelmed with all of the things you have to do. And I'm not only a mom to my kids in a way, I'm a mom to the 20 employees that I have working for me because, you know, I help them through things, not only, you know, professionally, but I get the brunt of everything. I get people coming into my office and saying, we're trying to buy a home right now and I need all these forms and I need this advice and what do I do? And so it's not like I'm just, I'm just mom and my kids. I'm a mom and all these employees too. And it's actually a great feeling because I mean, I don't think I know anything. And then I have people coming to me for advice. So they obviously trust me. Your boss is your biggest advocate. I mean, and that your boss determines that for you and for me to hear you say that, that you've opened up your doors to say, Hey, I'm your boss, but I'm also here as a mom to give you advice. That sets a tone and makes a huge difference with the employees. 
Yes. And I think too, being present in whatever situation you're in. When I am at work, I am present at work. When I'm at home, I am present at home. Mm-hmm. People will always joke and say, you never answer your phone when you're at home. And obviously if the salon were to call me, I know I need to answer my phone. Right. But I'm not always going to pick up my phone if I'm at home and that's my time with my family. That has to be sacred. And I think where we get jumbled is when we try to mix it all. Yes, absolutely. One thing that I stopped doing, and I know this is not the case for everyone, but I don't have my work email on my phone because I know that will take away from family time for me. And again, I know that can't be the case for everyone, but it is about being present where you are in what situation. Speaking of the phone, so (laughs) this is where I saw this amazing post that you put on on Instagram and I'm going to read it because it it hit me and I said I've got to get her on. So you posted a picture of you in a workout outfit which is basically you have a sports bra and you have pants on but you are showing a little bit of your awesome body. So you said this is me. This is something that I would not normally do. I am self-conscious about my body, and I have been my whole life. In high school, I matured fast, and unfortunately, I got a lot of attention from males. It made me uncomfortable, and it made me feel less than. It made me want to hide my body instead of be proud of it. Ultimately, it made me hate my body and treat myself like crap by consuming terrible food and abusing my sanctuary. I became depressed, unhappy, and even more unhealthy. Fast forward years later. My husband finally gave me the courage to see a doctor about my depression. They handed me a prescription and said, see you in six months. I stayed on that medication for nine years. I felt nothing at times. I was stable, but felt nothing. I had to make a change, so I did. I decided that I was going to use what I had. Legs to run, arms to lift, muscles to move. I eat healthy, and yes, I cheat because I earn it. I do yoga two to three times a week, and I drink a ton of water. Sometimes not enough. I usually limit myself to two to three drinks when I'm out. I get my steps in every day, and I work hard every day to not let myself get back to that dark place. No medications, no depression, and self-motivation has gotten me here. This is me, and I am proud of where I am. I would have never posted a picture of myself like this before, and that was in all caps. And I'll be okay. I'm a woman, a mom, a leader, and a friend who wants all my other fellow ladies to know they are beautiful. You are worthy. You are okay. You can change if you get out of your own way. I yeah, pretty cool. Oh, I have tears in my eyes when I read it then and when I read it now because um, I've been pretty open in, in a lot of my episodes that my self-image issues are really hard for me and I do not want that to be handed down to my girls. And um, I do suffer from depression and anxiety myself. And I openly talk about going to a therapist. So it was things like this that make me go, I'm not alone. And I just wanted to talk through it with you. Yeah. And I think that that's where most women in general start to feel lost and out of control is when they're like, I I don't know how to handle myself. I don't know what to do in these situations. Okay. I'm going to go to the doctor. They're going to put me on medicine. Okay. Now I feel fine, but I'm not feeling anything. And now I'm dependent on this substance to make me feel normal when 
I, sh- I should I should be learning how to cope with these feelings and walk myself through these dark times rather than curling up in a ball and wanting to die. Right. Um, and I think too, it's so easy for us to pass. The, I mean, depression is something that is not. It's not a feeling. It's an actual. It's a. It's an actual hormone your body is producing that is telling you that you're not normal. You're not okay. That you are not happy. And it can be passed down. And I think that it's all in how we handle ourselves. And if we can try to do anything to make ourselves feel better, it's really getting out of our own heads and saying, no, I'm not going to let this take me down. I'm not going to let this run my life. I'm not going to let this keep me from going to social events. And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let my kids see that, oh, mom's in one of those moods again. Cause I still have them. I still get, you know, in those places where, I don't want anybody to talk to me. I don't, you can tell I'm in a mood. My husband can feel it. It's the vibe that you put off mm-hmm. and it's so unwelcoming. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to be around that. And I mean, in order for you to have healthy relationships, you have to be able to work through these things. So what was the main trigger for you? Obviously you've been fighting this forever, but I know you talked about it in this Instagram post, but there had to have been, or was it a multiple of things that you just finally were like, okay, enough. There was actually, um, my daughters were out playing in the garage one day and they were playing with a golf club and they were fighting over it and kind of tug of warring with the golf club and the golf club came back and hit my youngest daughter in the eye and it busted her eyebrow open and there was blood everywhere. And I was like, we got to go to the hospital. Any other time in my life that something like that would have happened, I would have been crying. I would have been feeling sad. I would have been feeling you know, I felt nothing. I just felt like this is such an inconvenience and I had no emotion involved with it. It was just like, here we go again, another task that I have to go do. And I thought I should be so worried about the comfort of my child. I should be worried about whether or not she's going to need stitches or whether I just knew, here we go. We have another incident that I have to take care of It's back on me. And, you know, I just, I felt like I should have felt something more emotional with it and it wasn't there was no emotion at all I was just like oh well here we go and I didn't want to I don't want to feel that way I want to be able to cry if I need to because we all need to cry I want to laugh if I want to and I just felt nothing and I just told myself I'm not I'm not doing this anymore there's there's no reason why I can't try to figure out a different way to make myself feel like myself again and I hadn't felt myself in 10 years I mean to have somebody on a medication for 10 years and there's not any, you know, there's no follow-ups. There's no, if you go back in, how you doing? Fine. Here's your prescription for the next six months. You go back in six months. How you doing? Fine. Cool. We don't need to change anything. Come back. And that went on for almost 10 years. That can't be right. That cannot be the way that we need to be handling today's honestly mental illnesses. Oh, and man, mental illness and insurance and the way it's handled oh it's awful it's awful and yeah that's that's a whole nother episode so i well i'm thinking there were a number of different things that you had to do to get to where you are now so you had the moment with your daughter and then you said enough so what was the next step so the next step was I did. I decided I'm not going back to the doctor. I don't want to hear what they have to say because if I go back to the doctor and say I want to get off the medicine, they're going to stray me away from that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see somebody get off of medicine and possibly have an, an episode or you know have an adverse effect. So 
I slowly weaned myself off of it. And instead of waking up every day looking forward to taking the pill, I woke up every day and I was like, I'm going to change what I'm doing. I'm going to start working out in the morning instead of getting up and eating something in order to be able to take a pill to work, to function today. Um, and really self-help, um, going to seminars mm-hmm. and listening to you know, motivational speakers and surrounding myself with other people who were like-minded and, you know, who want to be better too. You have to, you have to want to be better and you have to surround yourself with people who have that same vision as you, because if not, you'll be back in the same place. And it's okay to remove people from your life who do not have the same vision as you and who do not have the same wants as you. You are who you surround yourself with. Oh my gosh. I'm smiling and tearing up at the same time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. (laughs) So, I mean, through, you know, not only in personal life, but in business, I've had to cut friends. I've had to cut employees. I've had to cut, you know, leadership. I've had, I've had to take people away who start to take me back to that place of feeling unsure of myself and making myself feel unconfident. You want to be around people who build you up. And part of it was too, you know, in high school and after high school, you're in party mode and you're not doing the things that you should be. You're hanging out with people who really, they're not your friends. They're just Mm -hmm. people who are available right now. And, you know, really sitting back and evaluating what's my goal and what's my vision and who's either going to help me get there or support me while I'm getting there. And if they're not on, on my train, then I got to cut their cart loose and say, you, you gotta, you're going. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you do. And I've been reading, um, a lot of self-help books is what, how I call them. Um, it's been said so many times on different episodes. Rachel Hollis has been one of my, yeah, one of my inspirations. And, uh, now, one of our own local girls, her name's Judy Haller. She has a book called Fear is My Homeboy. It is awesome as well. And I just had this conversation with one of my best friends last night, and we were talking about the same stuff. I said, I'm proud of myself for recognizing that I want to change, that I want to be happier, that I need to do different things for my girls, but ultimately I have to take care of me. And I asked her this question because she's really good in this. And and we talked all all about, you know, you've got to get rid of the people that could bring you down. That that's not going to help you. Um, But we talked about how do you know when you're happy? How do you know that I can go on a podcast and talk about how happy I am and give this inspiration like you do. And and she said, you know, it just really depends on the person. And she gave this great example of, she said uh, she lives in Wichita and she hated Wichita when she first started. She said for the first seven years that we got here, I every day I hated it. I would wake up and I'm like, this place is awful. This is not where I want to be because she came from San Diego and uh San Diego's pretty amazing. And she said she finally started to say, okay, this is not good for me. This is not good for my attitude. And she started talking herself into what can I experience in Wichita that I haven't before? What can I learn about my city? And she said, you know, it's taken me seven years to finally appreciate this. But that's what you have to do is you have to put in the work. And I finally said, I I am proud of myself. I'm proud of myself that I'm reading these books and I'm recognizing and I'm doing some of the things that 
they are suggesting to lead to happiness. Yeah. It's just one of those things, though, but you have to keep going. It's also a trained trait, too. You can't just wake up and tomorrow, because you say you want to be happy, you're going to be happy. Right. And it is, I mean, you can say every day, I am happy. Yes. And you can get there and you can, you can get to that place where you do wake up one day and you're like, I'm happy to be alive. But I think that for me, I feel better when I am helping other people. I don't do what I do for the money. I am not a millionaire. I do not see myself ever being that way because I put so much back into, I'm always reinvesting into the people around me and the business and my family. Yeah. So I think too, when we get so caught up on, you know, so many people think money is yes. happiness. Yes. And that is so not true. I can be just as happy, you know, playing in the Creek in my backyard as I can at a five-star resort. It's an, it's all in your attitude and your mindset and where, where you think you need to be versus where you think you want to be. Absolutely. Need and want and will and have. Those words are game changers. I mean, yes. they really, truly are. They dictate so much of what's going to happen in your life. Um, there's something else on your Instagram. I mean, like I said, that post was just so eye-opening for me. And for you to talk about the exact moment when you knew with your girls, that was another eye-opener for me. But something else that you posted recently was a picture of you and your husband. And you guys aren't smiling at the camera. And it's kind of funny (laughs) because I had one of these recently at Easter and I didn't post it and I should have. But you said, this is us. I never post photos of us because this is what I get so I give up this is me and Captain America and but you did it it was a funny po- picture and this is us this is what life is you get the screaming kids in the background you get the not looking you get the just weirdness we've got to do more of that if we're going to keep using social media we got to be honest we got to be true to ourselves for sure and I think the stigma behind the social media is you know, when I see it still in my everyday life with the people, you know, they, they will tweak the photos and they will edit them and they will do so much uh-huh. to make it look perfect. Perfection does not exist. And the people who try to live in the perfection zone will never meet their goals because it, it's not there. You cannot be perfect. Nobody can be perfect. No relationship is perfect. If you don't have, you know, healthy conflict in any relationship you have, something's wrong. You can't possibly agree 100% on the photo that you took was perfect or the meal that you made was perfect or the vacation that you had was perfect or the business is perfect. Nothing is perfect. And I think social media has made especially women mm-hmm. in our young girls so self-conscious because it's like, you know, I, I even watch my daughter do it. She'll see a makeup tutorial. She'll go in the bathroom. She'll try to do it. And she's like, it doesn't look like when he did it. No, but it looks like when you did it. And that should be praise. That should be something that we start concentrating on more. No, you're not going to look like the professional makeup artist that just did the the video online. But it's okay. At least you're trying. And I think, too, you know, living in those raw moments and allowing yourself to open up to people and say that, you know, no, marriage is not easy. Mm-mm. And it's so easy to walk away. You can go to the lawyer tomorrow. If you and him agree, 
you can have those papers signed and be divorced in sometimes a week or two. You can go online and do it. Sometimes the things that I love the most about my husband are also the things I hate the most about him. The reasons why I fell in love with him sometimes are the reasons why I despise him. And it's because when, when you get comfortable and close with somebody, it's like, now I'm going to start picking things apart. And it's like, why do we do that? Why are we picking anybody apart? Especially on social media, you see, these, you know, posts from people, you know, ripping people apart. And then you get, you know, arguing on social media. That's what's making us unhappy. Mm-hmm. Listening exactly. to people fight over politics, religion, you know, sexual status. None of that is anybody else's business. If you're using something to uplift people, I'm game and I will follow you all day long. But the minute I see somebody doing something negative or arguing with somebody, I am unfollowing you. And Mm -hmm. that is not the point of what we are doing on social media. This was supposed to be a way for people to connect and for people to stay in touch and, you know, to find long lost friends. I mean, MySpace was the original platform and then Facebook came out and Facebook was created for college students. Now here we are, you know, my 80 year old grandma has it. Right. So it can be so good, but it can also be so bad. And my focus last year moving forward was I got to be real and I have to let people know that I am not perfect. I actually had an employee tell me one day when we were in a one-on-one session that I thought I was perfect. And I stopped and I said, I do not think I'm perfect. I'm here to coach you. And by me coaching you is not saying that I'm doing all of these things perfectly right. But perfection does not exist. And I don't have perfection as my goal. And she looked at me and she was like, well, sometimes you act like you're perfect. And I thought maybe that's her perception of me. And it's a valid perception. How people perceive you is valid in their mind. Wow. So, you know, kind of stepping back and saying, well, maybe I do kind of act like I'm perfect all the time but I'm not. And so getting myself to say, you know what, I'm going to be more real and I'm not going to have that guard up. Most of the time when you have those people who are perfectly placed in pictures and you know, their life is so perfect, they've got a guard up and they're trying to convince people that that is how life is, even though it's not. And we all know it. Wow. That's pretty gutsy of that employee. Yeah. She's no longer here, but (laughs) (laughs) for different reasons. Okay. This is her perception of me. And unfortunately I am leading people who all have different perceptions of me. What do I want their perception of me to be that I need to start to focus on? How do I want people to see me? How do I want them to view me? Do I want them to trust me? If I want to, then I got to change something. Yeah, absolutely. One of the last things that I really kind of want to talk about, too, is you have girls and boys. Um, Let's talk about the difference with that, because that's a whole nother thing. As I as I mentioned earlier and mentioned in previous episodes, I just want to make sure my girls do not have those self-esteem, self-image issues. But I don't even think about what it's like with a boy. And I mean, it's the same thing. They're not, boys aren't as emotional as girls. So they're not going to let you know when they're upset or their feelings are hurt as quickly as a girl would. But those, they still have those feelings. So I've, I've always tried to practice more recently than ever with talking to my kids in a mature way. Mm-hmm. I don't, I try not to yell. I try not to, you know, go to your room. I try to get down at eye level with no matter what kid it is, even my 20 year old, his eyes are much taller than mine now, but, um, I just really try to connect with them on a way that I would want somebody to talk to me. And in doing that, 
they've started to communicate with me better instead of crying and screaming and getting emotional they've learned okay i need to sit down and have an actual conversation and taking the time to do that i know a lot of people use their drive home with their kids you know to kind of dig into their day and see how it went but some of that stuff doesn't come out until like ready for bedtime my 11 year old for instance super emotional um has struggled in school big time and she recently got diagnosed with add so we're trying extremely hard to kind of get her to cope with the emotional roller coaster that comes with having ADD. She feels out of control. Yeah. And her feelings come out at night before bed. So I have made it. My number one goal is if she comes to me and says, mom, I need to talk, we're going to sit down and talk. And she's at an awkward age too, where there's lots of uncomfortable conversations that need to be had, but just being honest with them. You know, you can't sugarcoat it. You can't hide it from them. You cannot keep them away from what society is throwing at them. So educating them on the proper information, first of all, they're going to hear things from their friends that aren't true, and some of them are true. And when they are true, you have to say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she knows that, but now Mm -hmm. I have to have that conversation with her. Um, The difference between boys and girls, though, is boys, you can be more blunt. You know, they, their feelings don't get hurt as easily, um, but they still need the confidence, too. And they still need to know that no matter what, you, you've got their back, even when it's something that you don't agree with. And I think boys love differently than girls. My three-year-old son, Max, definitely is a mama lover. He will kiss me all day long and love on me. Where, you know, my girls, I have to kind of pull it out of them. <laughs> and girls are sassy. And, you know, they're, if I'm in a bad mood, I don't want to, you know, just yep. like mom. Yep. So I think, you know, teaching better ways of communication, better ways of, you know, respect for others and manners. I cannot believe how many kids I'm around that just don't have manners. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with a dad who was military. So if I didn't use my manners... It was the end of my day. I I was in my room and I was definitely disciplined for disrespecting, you know, my elders or not listening. And I think, you know, America needs to wake up a little bit and go back and say, no, these are like teaching our kids morals and values and we're not doing that. Right. Please and thank you and be kind. Main things in our house. It's so funny because I have this like, list of criteria that I expect from all of my employees. We call them the set of golden rules. Basically, to come into work every day, you need to live by these golden rules. It's a list of 10, but I also, you know, when I'm interviewing people and be nice is the first one, I can't train you to be nice. You need to be nice. Yes. I can train your skill. I can train your professionalism. I can train you how to dress properly for your body type. I cannot make you be nice. That is something that you have to do on your own. It's not hard either. And it is one of those things where when you just, I feel like it changes your whole day when you're nice. Just say a compliment to a stranger or even to someone you yeah. know, but it it makes you feel good and it makes them feel good. The compliment to a stranger thing, I try to live by daily. Okay, so Tony... Tell me again, I, I know locally for individuals, they're familiar with the area, Wentzville. That's where the color room is. But someone that's not in this area, where can they find you online just to learn more about you and your salon? Okay, so our website is WentzvilleColorRoom.com. We are on Instagram as the underscore color underscore room. Um, we're also on Facebook as the color room. 
Um, we are located right off of the parkway. A lot of people know where the Rizzo's restaurant is. We're in the same plaza as that. Um, this end of the parkway isn't extremely built up yet, but Wentzville is booming right now. So I'm so glad that mm-hmm. I decided to do this here in Wentzville because we have had so much love and so much um, support from the local community. You know, we've got the people who have been in Wentzville their whole life, and then we get to see the people who are moving into Wentzville and looking for their home for their, um, you know, skin needs, their hair needs, their massage needs. And it's so cool to be, you know, a part of, we make people feel beautiful every day, but I also want them to actually feel worthy. And a lot of times, especially in this industry, we see the abused, we see the lonely, we see the divorcees, we see, you know, people who are trying to find somebody to spend their life with. We see people when they've had death. We see people when they're getting married. It's not only a salon and spa. We are here as a support system for women and men and kids. I mean, nobody wants to feel ugly or bad about themselves. Mm-mm. Nobody woke up today and said, oh, I'm going to be ugly today. Right. They just need guidance and they need help. And our number one goal is to make, make people's days brighter. That's our line. Brighter days start here, we promise. Because if you walk in and have any service done with us and walk out feeling worse about yourself, we have failed miserably. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that for the public. And thank you for sharing your stories. I I just, one last question, parting words, any advice you'd like to give someone listening? Just keep your chin up, get out of your own way. Stop staying in the mindset of I can't or, Oh, this is why just start saying I will and I'm going to and there's going to be people who are going to fight you on it and not support you and those aren't your people. Those aren't your people. Remember not that. your tribe. <laughs> thank you, Tony. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and if you're feeling really generous, write me a review. And don't forget to join me next week for a new episode of Two Kids and a Career. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.